Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you each and every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. How did I get so lucky to meet so many people through my You Need More Money journey? I pinch myself most days because of days like today. And when it's really quiet, I actually now know the reason why I've been so lucky to meet some amazing people. Because I've worked at it. I've worked on myself. I've worked on my mindset. And I truly believe the energy that I'm now putting out is attracting amazing people to my life. My guest today is the most special of all the people that I have met on this journey. I was his date at a super VIP 10X event in Miami, Cardone's 10X in Miami. He could have taken a drop-dead gorgeous model. He could have taken an A-list celebrity. He knows them all, by the way. But instead, when the invitation said, Tim's story plus one, I was the plus one. (laughs) I've cared about him ever since that night. He came to my book launch party in Las Vegas. I've been to his church service at the Congregation Church in L.A., And I even shed a tear with him over breakfast at Marie Callender's when I found out that my best friend has terminal cancer. Tim and I are friends, real friends. Real friends. And that doesn't happen too often. So welcome, my friend, Tim Story, to the You Need More Money podcast. What a privilege. And Matt, um, the feeling is mutual. I think that you're a man's man, and that's attractive to all of us. But you're also a man of compassion, and you care about people. And I think that's one reason you decided to write this book, because I was with you Well, you were thinking about writing it and then writing it. And uh, now it's changing thousands of people's lives. And thank you for doing your acts of service and helping us to get a better life. Thank you. I get emails every day now from people who read the book and they tell me that it either woke them up or maybe they went out and got insurance that they didn't think they knew they, they needed in an effort to protect their families. So it's, it's, and I print every single one of them, Tim, and I now put it in a folder and maybe I'll just put it in that, that trunk that I have for my boys to open up down the road and they can see, you know, all the ways that, um, that one movement one choice to write a book began to help thousands of people. It's an amazing journey, man. It is amazing. And one of the things I want to say, because I'm in the space of speaking uh, at public conventions, et cetera, Matt, for over 30 years now. So you, you meet a lot of different people, anywhere from the early days of Zig Ziglar to the Robert Schulers uh, to now with the Tony Robbins and the Grant Cardones and, what, what happens is that um, there's a lot of men saying beautiful things, okay? And one of the things that I'm getting from you that I find very, very unique is that you're a very successful businessman. So you almost had to, like, stop, look, and listen and download that I believe God was speaking to you, Matt, share your message, because you're, you're moving on such a fast train that you didn't have to stop, look, and listen. You could just keep getting more. And in my opinion, is that 
you took the time, which was really a lot of sacrifice because people don't realize many times what it takes to write a book, find the right publisher, right? Yeah. Then get out, promote the book, let people know about it. There's a lot of work while you are moving a fast moving train. And so I want to thank you for doing that for us because there's a lot of good people that just don't know very much about money. Yeah. It's a huge, overwhelmed. they feel overwhelmed. It's a huge, it's an epidemic. I mean, it's a huge problem. And, uh, I guess, uh, you know, I wasn't afraid to take it on and, um, and it's been great. I mean, it's, you're right though. It, it was a, it was a pivot, um, a pivot that didn't need to happen. And I don't know, I was called, there's no question in my mind. I was tapped, uh, to do this. And, um, and I sense that and recognize it. And I feel this tremendous energy and power from it. It does help to get emails from people that, that remind me of it, um, but I, outside of that, I do, I, I have this unbelievable pull that I'm just, I'm just moving. I'm just leaning forward into it. Yes. And the beauty of it is, um, is it just around the corner? You never know, you know, this book can go from several languages to 60 languages and, and just become a worldwide phenom. I've seen that in many books. There are times where someone will do one or two runs of a book and then it just finds um, its place and people just begin to, to, to talk about it. Yeah. And I, I feel like your book has that type of uh, feel to it where people are realizing more and more uh, what you need more money is about. It's, uh, it's, it's about many things. But part of it is about a story of a man who didn't have enough money. Yeah. And what it feels like not to have money. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. It can paralyze you. And you give us principles on how to change things up. I appreciate it, my friend. Um, but really, let's talk about all the amazing things that you have going on. Because when we had breakfast um, a month or so ago, and you just began to rattle off what your 2018 is manifesting into. Let's, let's just sort of download some of it so the audience can really get a clear understanding of all of the things that you're involved with right now. Well, one of the beautiful things is that um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that God knows the end from the beginning, and he knows what is yet to come. When it says yet to come, it means yet to unfold. So that means that, Matt, your life, my life, there are things that have not unfolded yet, okay? And here's what's beautiful about this, is that many things that he unfolds are new. And the word new in the Hebrew in the Old Testament means fresh, never been done before. And so what I find myself at this stage of my life in my 50s is I am into some amazing places where I've never been before. It is uncharted territory, and I'm very much having to be a pioneer going into foreign territory uh, because my background is doctorate uh, in world religion, took a lot of classes in counseling, became a well-known life coach, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, predominantly dealing with celebrities. That's what I got known for. I was in People Magazine last week. 
uh, for what I'm doing with a celebrity. And so, you know, that's what I've been known for as the life coach to the stars. Now, around the corner, I didn't see that I would be producing a movie with a major movie star or producing other TV shows and having several shows that are about to be on the air. So I will admit I pinch myself mm. and say, holy schmoly, guacamole. <laughs> How and did then, I get so lucky? Yeah, and then do the best just to cooperate. Yeah, and just, what are you saying? Just just ride the wave? Ride the wave. I'm riding the wave. And, and the thing is, is that uh, my strength as a young person um, was has always been my sense of humor and being yeah. in the moment, um, even in sports. If I struck out the first two times, which you never want to do when you're a baseball player, there was always something in me that said, I've got two more at-bats. Mm. And I think I figured this little rascal out. He's going to throw me that nasty curve. <laughs> and then it was it was more common than not that I would then end the game with two hits. Yeah. So I'm I'm that optimistic guy that I may strike out twice, but I'm going to figure out you got a nasty curve, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hit you next time. I want to I want to spend a little bit of time right where you're talking about because um, one of the words that kept coming out as I was preparing for our interview today was was hope, right? And I feel so sad for so many people who have given up on this magic thing called hope, right? And hope is, maybe hope is connected to preparation and hard work and a luck. I don't know. But I'm not even sure that any of that stuff is necessary to really be able to embrace hope. So I think what you're just talking about there was more than hope. You weren't hoping that you were going to hit that curveball. You were actually pontificating and working through the data to figure out what's he going to throw me. But where yes. did, where did this strength of hope in your mindset come from? Okay. So I actually have the breakdown for this because I've done a lot of study on hope and Matt, you know, this too, but a promise brings hope and expectation. Okay. I actually want you to say that with me, say a promise, a promise Brings brings hope, hope, and expectation. And expectation. Okay, so let me give you an example. All right. So if if a parent tells a seven-year-old child on Wednesday, on Saturday, we're all going to Disneyland. So now you made a promise, right? The promise brought hope and expectation. So Wednesday night, they're going to say, when are we going to Disneyland? It's coming up on Saturday. On Thursday, they're going to wake up. When are we going to Disneyland? Remember, it's going to be Saturday. It's two more days. The promise of Disneyland brings hope and expectation. Mm -hmm. The hope of we're going, the expectation of what you think it should be. Yeah. So the way we find hope is by holding on to a promise. Very powerful. Yeah. It's, it's like a guy who invites a girl to the prom. And she says yes. <laughs> oh, come on, man. We got some expectations got and some expectations. hope. <laughs> we got hope. We got expectation. <laughs> And we got pictures to prove it. (laughs) 
But there is that's such a great example of the of the child because are you saying that as we get older we're not in situations where a leader can provide us with with a promise or we don't make promises to ourselves because of the tapes the way they've been recorded? One hundred percent. What happens is that a child's life is based on the next promise. And here's how it works. When do I get to play? After you take a nap. After I nap, then can I play? Yes. When can I play again? After you eat. Then when I eat, can I play? Okay. (laughs) Kids are on the play mode, and they want to watch certain things that they want to watch. Okay? Done a lot of research on this. As we get older, Matt, we get so caught up in this thing that is an overused word, the grind. Yeah. They get so caught up in the grind. People, you're all in your grind. All you that are listening and watching us right now, you're in a grind. Could be the grind of the job, the grind of losing 30 pounds, the grind of your son is in trouble, your daughter's having a difficult time, you're in the grind. So Matt and I need to get you back to thinking about the promise. The promise. Okay? The promise of what? The promise of what is next for you that brings hope and expectation. It's the magic of it. It's the magic of it. 100%. It is the the magic of it. Like, um, what was the last vacation, Matt, that you took that you really looked forward to? Every one of them. It's a vital component to our family's happiness. We have to have a vacation on the calendar, and our entire family rallies around the excitement of it. It's just, and when it's over with, the first thing we do is get another one scheduled because that excitement fuels us for whatever that period of time is. Okay, here we go. The promise of the vacation brings hope and expectation. Yeah. And it's amazing that if you hold on to the promise that you're not – um, always feeling like, well, that disappointed me. I thought it'd be better. No, because that that promise, you've been thinking about it, meditating on it, and you're expecting it to be good. See, because when you go to Disneyland and you see across the top, happiest place on earth, there's something inside you that wants to like, straighten up your posture yeah i'll take a look i don't want to be the guy that wrecks that motto right i'm in (laughs) of course it's they set the expectation of what your experience is going to be it's brilliant when it comes to leadership too man i think it's absolutely missing as a parent it's missing i think it's missing as a leader in business too your people want to share in your promise. It's what we did here, Tim, up to a hundred million bucks. And now we've just changed. By the way, after that hundred, it slowed for a little while because there was no new promise in here. Yeah. And it got a little twisty for us, right? It was like, geez, it wasn't quite what, what we really thought it was going to be. And it's still kind of difficult. So how do we adjust? We just recently set the new promise with the group and instantaneously you can see everybody say, yeah, I'm down with that. I'm in, got yeah. me in for that. And very important to note, and I like what you just said, that a promise is not a fantasy. 
a promise is something that is reality. Like my parents saved up, had the money, and took us all to Disneyland. I mean, we got in the big station wagon, five kids, two parents. Hey, how much time did your dad get? He probably milked that for a little bit too, right? How much? What was the window that he that he used to keep that promise and excitement for everybody? He, he milked it for a long time, <laughs> or during and after. <laughs> but I will tell you, I do remember that him and my mother had a big grin on their face because it was like we are fulfilling the promise, and totally. you know that. As a family man, I know that as a family man, when we're able to do that for our kids or for our spouses, there's something about fulfilling promises. So, so this is maybe something we can, we can tap into a little bit because I feel that some people, Matt, don't want to think about new promises because they've had other broken promises. Mm-hmm. For themselves, yeah. they broke the promises to others, right? Or, yeah. or certainly the reverse is so, it's so true. And even in the business environment, it's so detrimental, right? Where, um, and it can, you can, you know, look, 20 years to build a reputation, five minutes to tear it down, right? Same thing happens in the work situation. You can promise that bonus, and for some reason you forget about the bonus, or you, the person misses, it could be over forever. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's so vital uh, that people really get their hands around the importance of of hope, and I love the strategy you gave. Hope is de- is derived from the promise, yeah, which creates hope and expectation. Let me go back though a little bit on the on the early days, Tim. Tell me what your happiest memory as a kid was. Uh, happiest happiest memory for me was to um, get out of the house. As much as I like the house, I, I've told you before in private. We were a lower income family. So we had two people, I'm sorry, two bedrooms, two bedroom apartment and seven people in it. So that's, that's not good. So we had people, you know, sleeping in the living room and that, and that was temporary, but it was very real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me to get out of the house, sports was my savior. Uh, I became a good little basketball player and a good baseball player. So that was really something that I, I loved. I loved the energy. I loved being good at it. I loved hearing the fans, hey, better, hey, better, hey, better, hey, better. Did you love, love the camaraderie of the teammates? I loved the camaraderie of the teammates, the high fives, the come on story you're going to come through. <laughs> I, I really enjoy the tribe. Yeah. Man. So I think some of my best memories are the teammates, the tribe, the journey. And that's why I like running with guys like you. We've become a tribe. Uh, we're not just isolating ourselves and so competitive that we don't want to help each other. Uh, you know, Matt and I, for you that are watching, listening, we're real friends, real brothers. We'll do some big things together to help change this world. The world is mighty big. And we plan on changing a whole lot of people all over the world. Yeah, that is uh, that is a guaranteed and a given. Look, it wouldn't be the right question if I didn't have the counter question though to you. What was the saddest memory as a kid? What was, what was, and 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 how easy is it for you to get there in your brain? Yeah, Sad, saddest memory is uh, no doubt about it of a family that had momentum, 
And I always say this, even though we were lower income, because my dad was a steel worker, my mother worked at a donut shop. My mother is actually Spanish from Spain. She speaks broken English to this day. And so what happened is that we had some momentum going. We, we got out of the two-bedroom apartment, and we ended up getting a three-bedroom house. I was like, woo, yeah. you know, we're moving on up. <laughs> and then what happened tragically, my father one night decided to go get some food for uh, my mother and himself. It was about 9 o'clock at night. They kind of were hungry later at night. He drove, got the food, was going through a green light. Unfortunately, a police officer was chasing somebody down, did not have a siren on, nothing that anybody could hear, no lights, runs through his red light, hits my father, and kills him. And it was it was tragic. It was devastating because we didn't see that coming. So I now in my teaching call that a life interruption. Mm -hmm. And that life interruption, we were not prepared for. My mother, she had a sixth grade education, didn't even know how to drive. My father drove her everywhere. She's now going to find a way to raise these six kids. But I'll tell you something that's kind of awesome is that we didn't know that through Bethlehem Steel, where my dad worked, he had been taking care of things. He had really good life insurance. He had really good insurance uh, to the point where the house was paid off. Unbelievable. When he passed. And this is a man with just a minimal education, 10th grade. And he also, we didn't know this, had bought plots at one of the best cemeteries in Southern California. I mean, we didn't even have that much money, and he was thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. So my mother didn't know this. My pastor came into our lives, Caucasian pastor, and was a great man. He's a great friend of mine. Even today, he's 87. And he said, Mrs. Story, I've got good news for you. I got my attorney on this, and look at what your husband set up. And the city where he was, your husband was in the accident, they want to settle with you for a good amount of money because of this tragic accident. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was terrible. It was devastating. But it's amazing how grace can fill the gaps. And we were able to pull it together over a period of time. And, um, you know, financially, my mother was able to take care of everybody because the way my father had set her up. And so, you know, I learned a lot from the experience. Wow, what an interesting twist to a question about sadness. You, yes. had, you had to finish on the positive note, didn't you? You couldn't go where I wanted you to go, which was uh, you, you couldn't stay in the devastation too long. I can't stay there, Matt, because there's, there's too much hope even in the darkest dungeons. Yeah, you know, I love it. You know, I, I, I have conversations, we'll call them that, rather than life coaching with guys like Charlie Sheen, Robert Downey, Kanye West. And I remember the night before Charlie Sheen was going to make a big announcement about one of his struggles, he was going to go on the NBC Today show. 
we ran into each other at the Beverly Hills Hotel and we're, we're like brothers. We, we really talk. And he was just talking to him, me about his devastation. And I began to tell him, you know, obviously you have created a lot of things that are not working. Your choices have created your challenge. I said, but Charlie, it's never over till God says it's over. And he hit his bodyguard with that it was, was with him. He goes, here comes Tim again. <laughs> he'll, he'll never leave you in the gutter. <laughs> I've seen too many comebacks. I love it, man. I love the comeback. I was I was in this other business that I'm involved in. We had a meeting in downtown Dallas this morning. And uh, the COO was a little down in the dumps on it. And I, uh, I reminded her, I said, uh, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but if you were going to bet on a horse, I'm the right horse to bet on. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, if I'm in the game with you, we're going to be all right, you know? I yeah. just think it's, it's so important to have that individual confidence and then be able to exchange it to the people around you that, um, you know, if we're in this thing together, we're going to be all right. But I, I want to talk about owning that for a second, Matt, because I feel that, you know, you know, every single person has what I call a God idea. There's a difference between a God idea and a good idea. And I believe that while you were in your mother's womb, that God had a plan for Matt. And so second thing, you should follow your God idea, which you've chosen to do. Not easy to do. Most people know they have a God idea, but then they do not execute it. You chose to execute, okay? We talked about in private as friends, you end up going to the school on the East Coast. At this time, you don't know you're going to be Matt Monero with a podcast, speaking at some of the biggest conferences in the world. Hey, let me tell you a funny story, Matt. Before I spoke at Grand Cardone's, when we were both walking around, as much as I've spoken, 75 countries of the world, been on Oprah, Steve Harvey every Monday, I'm walking through, everybody's going, hey, Matt, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. I'm like, hey, his brother's here. Oh man, I it all it's all the whole thing's coming full circle. You know, my I remember being about 7 years old. I remember exactly where I was in the house in the doorway. And I said to my mother, "Do you think God has a plan for me?" And my mother said, "Absolutely. He knows wow. exactly. He knows exactly what's going to happen with your life." And instantaneously uh, all the worry went away for me. I yeah. knew that it was all going to be okay. Now, I think maybe I took a lot of detours along the way, et cetera. But I never lost that confidence that it was not me controlling everything, that I was on a journey. It just took me a long time. I don't even think business was part. It was part of the journey, but I don't think it was the journey. What I'm doing now is the journey. Yeah. And so here's what makes it different between me and you and the other guy is that because of the faith background, and, and me and you are not overly religious, we're not preaching everywhere to everybody, but we, we have a deep commitment to spiritual values and core values. But th this is what makes it easier, watch. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him, God, and he shall direct your path. So rather than me having to get up and like psych myself up and every day scream, I'm on my grind. (laughs) I beat the sun up. My deal is I trust in the Lord with all my heart. Mm -hmm. I don't lean on just my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him and he is directing my path. Mm -hmm. So my prayer today, Matt, when I was on the treadmill, I was listening to some nice music and uh, I was on the treadmill for a long time. And my prayer was, God, I thank you for a beautiful day. I thank you that you're going to lead me to the people I need to be led to. I thank you for the strength that you're going to give me. And I thank you that you're going to add supernatural blessings on my life. Matt, when God's super hits your natural, you cannot be stopped. Mm -hmm. You become better than Superman and Iron Man put together. I hear you. How How does what we're talking about connect to a few of these projects? The utmost with Tim's story, the life coaching with Tim's story. How does, I mean, what does someone get in the utmost with Tim's story? What does this mean? The utmost is an app that they can get on on iTunes right now. It's only $1.99. And uh, every week we just keep putting on new product, anywhere from videos to uh, meditation. This is a meditation app as well, where I'm helping you every single day, walk you through this journey while you're walking, while you're exercising, while you're cleaning the house, you can listen to me talk about you prospering in all areas of your life, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually. And Matt, it's on fire. So the app is selling. So that if you just just go to Utmost with Tim's story, it's the Utmost app on iTunes, okay? So it's selling well. We put a lot of money into it. It cost me about $80,000 to create this app, which is a lot of money for an app. So the app is selling. That's changing people's lives. The second thing that I do, Matt, as you know, in the midst of all that we're up to, uh, speaking around the world, 75 countries, I was just in Spain, uh, speaking in Spain. Uh, I'll be in South Africa, speaking to thousands and thousands of people. It'll be my 28th trip to South Africa. That'll happen the end of September. I life coach people because I believe that God gave me a gift to really help untie people's knots and put them on the right path. So I wrote a book that did very, very well, Oprah Winfrey Helped, called Come Back and Beyond. And you had asked me about my friend, Lee Iacocca. He endorsed my last two books. He says, Tim Story's life lessons actually work. I know firsthand. Could you imagine that Lee Iacocca let me come into his life in life coaching. I, it's unbelievable. And then he, that he was transparent enough to endorse it as well and show that he needed help, right? A guy like Lee Iacocca would seem to be so entwined in his success and his achievements that he, he would say privately, geez, Tim, you really helped me. But for him to come out and say that on the book is a big deal. What, what is the connection with Lee Iacocca. I mean, cause you do crisis coaching as well. Timstory.com is where anyone can find out more about that. But were you 
coaching Lee Iacocca in a crisis? The way I look at it, in fairness to all the clients, is that I have great conversations with people. Gotcha. So, so you know, my office was in Beverly Hills. First time I put up an office on Cannon Drive was 1993. And I officed there up until three years ago. Hmm. So I still work in Beverly Hills several times a week, but that's where my office was. So I dealt with some of the biggest movie stars in the world and I call them conversations. And the way it would happen is word of mouth. So let's say uh, one famous actor that I could mention would be chatting and a guy would be going through a problem. He'd say, you got to see my friend, Tim story. He untied my knots. He untied my knots. And the next thing you know, I had over 300 men in the industry that I was life coaching. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was it was unheard of. Yeah. Even the most famous psychologists and psychiatrists in that city were blown away and were trying to figure out what my secret was for getting all these amazing type of clients. But I think that it's almost like... Um, like if you had a an aunt that you looked up to or an uncle that just had some old-fashioned wisdom that worked, I am a bookworm since I was a teenager. I've studied so many books, uh, you know, doctrine and world religion, all that stuff helped me. But I, I give a lot of practical advice that you already know, but I remind people. Yeah, I'm a really good reminder. That's what I get a lot. They'll say like, wow, you're telling me things I already know, but I don't apply them. I, I'd like to tell you a little story <clears throat> as we're closing. You'll, you'll love this. And I mean, I, of course, we could talk off camera, but why? Uh, my middle son, my son Jack, got into a little bit of trouble a month or so ago. Now, my middle son Jack is most like me. As a, a Jack, his older brother is sort of uh, perfect. And his younger brother is the younger baby, right, who just won't be put in a corner. Yeah. Uh, Jack is um, he's a little bit insecure at times. and I, It just reminds me exactly of my 14-year-old self, right? And so I think I'm able to relate to him a lot. Um, uh, and I think Rocky and I are very uh, hands-on parents, but we blew it in this situation. Jack went to Baltimore with another family uh, for a lacrosse tournament. And... Uh, the kid, uh, there's a 14-year-old with the other family and a 16-year-old. And my son, Jack, at 14, and the 16-year-old got busted for shoplifting at Kohl's. Yeah. And uh, so Jack got there on a Sunday. And Sunday afternoon, Rocky and I are hanging out. And the call comes in from the police officer saying this is officer such and such. And Rocky immediately freaks out. And I said, this is a joke, right? I said, the other family's playing a joke with us, right? They just got to Baltimore as a joke. And the guy said, Mr. Monero, would you like to hear my police scanner? This is not a joke, okay? And um, it was very unfortunate for us. We were so uh, surprised because, you know, you don't, visual, you don't, you don't think that. Long yes. story short, we put Jack on the first flight back. Um, so he got there on Sunday, and he was on the 657 back to Dallas on Monday. I, don't, yes. I didn't care about tournaments or team or any of that. I want my kid home. And, um, and that's what we did. And then what happened over the last month is something amazing, right? Yeah. Um, Jack rode to work with me every day. 
Yes. And he cleaned windows. And he washed cars. And he swept the parking lot. And he picked up cigarette butts. And the first day he gets in a car with me, Tim, and he has his earphones on. I said, what are you doing with those earphones? He said, well, i got to go to work. I went, I said, you're not listening to music. I said, you were listening to your head, my son. Oh, yeah. You're going to work through some of this stuff, right? And uh, we have had the most amazing month together. Long story short, we get the court date, which happened to have been last Monday. The other family gets a lawyer. We get a lawyer. And um, the other family says, hey, we were able to get it done over the telephone. We don't have to go back to Baltimore. I said, man, I'm going to Baltimore. Yeah. My kid's going to sit in front of that judge. Oh, yeah. And we're going to work. We're going to close this circle, man. Right? Yeah. And uh, and the judge um, ended up dismissing Jack's charges. Look, it's a fairly minor charge in the big scheme of things. Maybe oh, we yeah. thought that was going to happen. But she said the only reason she dismissed the charges was because we came back. And we... Amazing. We made him finish and close that cycle like a freaking man. Yeah. And it was so unbelievably powerful for me as a father to realize that it's not just enough to talk, you know, and tell the kid, hey, don't do this, don't do that. And the kids got to find it on their own. And yes. they find it through work, through service, yes. through action, you know. Man, I love what you're saying. And number one, your transparency is that, you know, I have two children as well. And, you know, sometimes it's amazing how our kids will listen to other people and not listen to us. <laughs> and that life is undone sometimes. And you are admitting that life is undone and that Jack is going through a process of learning. And the way I see it is that I think guys like us, where life has given us a very big platform, we need to let people know that, mm-hmm. that we are going through recovery and discovery at the same time, just like they are. Yeah. We're dealing with your friend, your best friend, uh, with the cancer and the challenges there. Uh, we're dealing with our own children. Uh, I deal with things in my personal life with my own family. And so that's the recovery zone. But the discovery zone is this beautiful thing that you have in front of you. You need more money and the <laughs> campaign and the pushing forward and all the employees you have yeah. and all the bills you're helping to pay because you remain mad. Hmm. And so you, you have the desire, you have the discipline. But what I'm loving about you, and I mean this with all my heart, is your determination. You just damn don't give up. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. I I uh I, I think it is a superpower. It is a superpower. Yeah, you, you you don't you don't give up and and for all you that are watching and we're going to promote this as well and I really believe that this um show is going to just get a lot of people viewing it from all walks of life. Damn it, don't give up. Rise back up no matter what you've been through. Get back up somebody needs to hear that your mess became a message and if you look at Matt's life and what he's been through and now you sit there with your with your book and a phenomenal wife and great kids and 
you know, you that's know, you, proof. you realize, you realize when the kid gets in trouble, how there's a much deeper level of love too. Right. And, and ours was just shoplifting, but I I was able to take my mind. What happens if the kid is twisting off with drugs or with, re, with real charges of, you know, going to jail type stuff. Um, it really does put the interpretation of parenting and love in a whole new light. You must have yeah. seen that a bunch, man. Yes, I, I see it. I see it every day in my life because I'm dealing a lot with, in the addiction world. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one question for you. Yes, sir. Um, what's next for you? We've got the book. We've got the podcast. Give me one thing you're excited about. I think the the thing I'm most excited about is business finishing school, which is this manifestation of a complete reverse of uh, what's being taught in in the marketplace of business, right? Uh, My partner in that business lives his life under three principles, simplicity, probability, and leverage. That's it. He does not – he he bought and sold 130 companies. He runs a billion-dollar hedge fund. Uh, private equity fund and he does it off a flip phone yeah no smartphone he says why would i ever lead a life that would require me to have a facebook account right and so we are delivering this message in september we have our 14th boot camp my first as part owner in the business but this is their 14th boot camp where uh, we'll have 300 plus business owners in the room and we will be we will be trying to re-record their tapes that the grind and the hustle and all that madness is just feeding chaos. I totally agree. It's feeding chaos. It's feeding chaos. And so by reinstalling simplicity, the, the, the business must be simple. The probability component, which is the probability of the actions must lead to success, high value yeah. versus low value. And then the leverage. Leverage could come from capital or leverage could come from human capital, right? Debt, capital as in money or human capital as in people. Those three simplicity, probability, and and leverage components allow you to have an incredible journey. And I'm like, do you remember the old uh, TV commercial for the um, Razor where the guy said, I love the Razor so much I bought the company? I'm that poster child. When I learned simplicity, probability, and leverage, guess what? I got my life back. I got my, my health back. I got habits. And the freaking business took off too, Tim. Yes. So Love it. that, to answer your question, is the thing that is sort of the cherry on top of the future for me, which is now I get to help people get their lives back through their businesses, because I believe business steals a lot of lives from people and families. Yeah. And Business Finishing School is the platform uh, to do that. I, I, it, 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 was, it was one of the most amazing things. It took me two years to do that deal with my buddy because he kept saying in the early days, no, you're, you're mad. You're crazy. You're Superman. You're not, our core values aren't in alignment. You're not there yet. You're not there. Two years of pestering him until he finally said, you changed. I'm in. I'm loving this. And I'm seeing your energy when you talk about right, it. Right. I, I just completely fired up, didn't I? I this just, is like <laughs> your passion. Totally. I tell you, it's the, it's the culmination of all this twist and turns. This is exactly where I should be. In helping it, the beautiful part from a business model too, my friend, is that there's broken businesses started every day, and they will always start if they believe this crap that we see ninety percent of the time on social media about how you can get a Lambo overnight through click funnels. Exactly, not, not my experience. <laughs> no, no. All right, don't forget to buy Matt's book. You need more money. 
Buddy, I love you. Can't wait to see you next time. You know, I'll be out there in SoCal again. I have a trip in uh, two weeks to see my buddy, and I, I'm, I'm going to. Yes, we're, we're planning on seeing each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I love our friendship, man. I love our friendship, and I need our friendship. Me too. I feel that, you know, when you start to go into that rare air, you need some real people that love you for you and have your back, and we feel that way about each other. 100%. Take care of yourself, buddy. I'll see you soon. It's a privilege being on your program. Back at you. Thanks, buddy. See you soon. Bye-bye. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.